really, I could have just said, no, I don't want anything to do with them, which is... Which a lot of people probably yeah, do do. a lot of people do do out of just, you know, resentment. Um, especially if your parents are drug addicted. What's up, guys? It's the Park Car Conversation, episode number 16. I am here with my girl, Cass. Thank you for being here. No problem. This is going to be one of my favorite conversations to date. Me too. Today, we're going to talk about something that is deep. It's not talked about a lot. I think we need to bring more light to it. And again, if this is your first time tuning in or if this uh, series, a podcast series that you've been listening to, uh, the Park Car Conversation is a place where we talk about vulnerable things. We talk about things that sometimes are hard to digest, sometimes are hard to hear. But these are the conversations that we need to have. So today we are going to be talking about life as a adopted child. So I remember my childhood pretty young. Um, my foster parents uh, actually had me since I was pretty much born. Wow. Um, I was adopted at three and a half, almost four, pretty much my daughter's age. Now, it's so weird to think about. Like, right. I've recently think about it a lot, too. Like, wow, like I look at her and I'm like, this I was adopted. Me. That was me. Um, I was actually really musically inclined growing up um, because I was raised in a Mexican household foster home. Oh, yeah. um, even though it's it's my roots, I am part Latina. Um, it just really stemmed from there, and I was just always inspired by Latin music growing up, and that's kind of what rooted everything to making music now. Right. Um, yeah, but growing up, uh, I was actually born in Vancouver, B.C., Right. Uh, so that's where my foster home was. Right. Um, I pretty much remember a lot. Like, it was a really full foster house. Like, there was, I believe, about eight of us. Wow. And it was, like, government housing. Like, it was a small townhouse. No and um, this is in BC? In BC. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I was the youngest one, which is so weird. That's why I'm like, how do I remember all this? But right. my foster parents actually... Uh, recorded me throughout my whole years of being there and That's then amazing. when I was adopted they gave me the VCR oh. and there's like a little picture of me on it oh, and it says my name best. so I think that's kind of how I always kept the memory even though I was so young right because um, growing up in my childhood I used to watch it like all continuously the all the time like I would just pop it into the VCR and like I guess from there it kind of just kept my memory going from so young like I can remember things from when I was like two years old hey listen the subconscious remembers things and if you do and thankfully they had that recording for you that's amazing so your uh, foster parents weren't the people that uh, adopted you no no okay so do you remember that transition like what was that like like you got to go from one home to the other home that's all you knew Uh, so thankfully I was only in one foster home uh, before I was adopted a lot of people get switched around like some people are into like five foster homes sometimes especially in Vancouver uh, there's a lot of um, people who are kids that are given up because the drug addiction there is so high that's actually like North America's um, highest point of drug addiction is in Vancouver and not a lot of people know that so the foster system is like it's hectic there. Um, right. Also, my younger brother, um, he was also put in the foster system when he was born, but we were separated. So mm. he was in a different foster home. And that's me. from your your mother's uh, child. Yeah. Wow. We had the same parents, but. Okay. And yeah, different foster home. Different foster Ooh, home. Ooh, I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> so if we actually weren't adopted together and brought to Toronto, 
I wouldn't have even known my brother because usually um, uh, adoptive parents will want closed adoption. They don't want right. uh, any contact with the biological parents, biological family. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness. Like, that'd be so weird to think about, like, not knowing my brother. And we're like this. Like, we're born in the same year. We're 10 months apart. Like Ooh, Irish twins. Yeah, so wow. we're really close. And I'm like, wow. I can't. And I remember, too, like, young memories of, like, um, before we were adopted, uh, my adoptive parents had to drive, like, back and forth to each foster home and kind of get us to, like, play and stuff like that. But God my, bless them. Yeah, but Seriously. my brother was younger than me, so... Um, his perspective of like our adoptive parents are different because mm. he was so young he didn't really understand what was going on versus me I, I guess I was just more advanced than him at that age right. so I understood more like I already knew who my mom was right your versus, biological mom yeah my mm. biological mom versus him like he would say oh that's Cassandra's mom like he oh wow he didn't know her as like mom mom so okay so we touched on that I, that's something I didn't know right the drug addiction race in BC Vancouver I mean I'm sure drug addiction is a problem that is like worldwide yeah. right so it's breaking families it's breaking homes so now that we know that this is a problem let's talk a little bit about that so what was your relationship with like do you know your biological mother I do um I actually I've always known who she was because I already kind of had that connection with her from when I was young and it sorry is that because you had your uh you had an open adoption so that your uh well yeah we had open adoption and also during the time that I was in foster care my right. mom was able to still see us oh wow so okay. she would she would visit us here and there um but you know due to her her condition it was more like birthdays she would show up and then mm -hmm. when we got adopted and came here we didn't see her for a long time right. because she was in BC. in bc yeah she's still there Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. What you remember as a child, or even now, your understanding. Your mother has a drug addiction. How is she doing now? Do you have a relationship with her now? What is that like? I, I do have a relationship with her now. Uh, back then, no, I didn't. Uh, but I didn't build a relationship with her till after I had my kids. Wow. Uh, and you had your first child at what age? I was 19 just turned 20 when I had Zena. Okay. Yeah. So wow. I, I always knew who she was and I saw her the first time I, I consider meeting her was grade nine going into grade 10 summer. She came to Toronto? No, I went to BC. Wow. Okay. Um, and then from there, uh, I just found out everything. Like I always knew my mom, I was always told my mom was sick, hmm. uh, just out of obviously protection. I didn't understand at that age, at a young age. Right. Um, yeah, they just always told me she was sick and I didn't really understand, like, what why can't I see my mom if she's just sick type of thing, you right. know? So when I went there in uh, grade nine and I met her, that's when my whole life story unfolded and I understood, like, why I was given up for adoption, why I was in the foster care system, mm -hmm. why I had to come here. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of just all unraveled from then when I was like I wouldn't Older, say that's yeah. the greatest timing for a teenager yeah, but I yeah. mean it's it's all in God's plan you know it, it was meant to happen at that time for a reason but yeah at the time I, I just remember it being really hard to like all take in right and did your brother go with you to meet her okay so yeah. both of you met okay and from there um he decided to not 
have a relationship with my mom and right. and I not that I decided right away but um I just think it took a lot of years to process right and so now you know that was when your daughter your first daughter was born and now you have two children yeah. right and so do you still continue here and there to have, like you know still speak to her yeah, she I talk to her all the time now she oh, wow my phone like, oh wow she to talk to my kids and it's so weird because like not that I knew she didn't it's not like she didn't want to talk to me growing up it's just obviously I know now she felt so much guilt inside that it was hard for her to try and make a relationship with me and my brother but now that she, when she found out she was a grandma, like, she's been clean. She stopped doing drugs. Ooh. Like, she's so much more coherent now. Like, before it was hard because when I saw her so many years ago for the first time, like, she wasn't sober. Mm. So I was, I was just confused. Like, you know, it's one thing to know of drug addicts, but to actually, like, be from from a drug addict yeah. is a whole different like world that I didn't know I was bringing myself into right and then you know to speak to her and her not be coherent and like hallucinating all the time it was that's what made it hard for me to decide there like do I want a relationship with my mom and then when I found out I was pregnant it just all changed like for the better I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what it felt like growing up? Because I can't even imagine, you know, having to go from a foster care, then into an adoptive home. Um, so, you know, you just are so exposed to so many different environments, different families. What were some of the thoughts? Like, Do you remember having any thoughts uh, growing up in terms of like your biological parents? Um, why you? Or like, what? Like, can you just bring us through what that looked like? Growing up, I can't lie, I was very, I was an angry kid. Like I, like I said, like my, my brother came into the adoption very different from me. Like he didn't really know our mom. Um, she kind of visited me more. So that's why I always had a connection with her. So uh, when I came to Toronto, I just, I remember feeling very abandoned. Like mm. that was the main feeling that I felt. I felt very confused. Abandoned from your mom. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, I think up till I was older, I, I always had kind of that separation anxiety uh, mm. because I already knew like that was my mom. Um, and on top of that, I was very connected with my foster parents because I was the youngest. I got the most attention out right. of the foster home. Um, and yeah, I just, I grew up feeling very confused because you know I wasn't told exactly what happened until mm. I was a bit older you wanted answers yeah I wanted I answers that. and I and at the same time I was a very shy kid and I didn't want to I didn't know how to express those feelings and talk about it you know I, I do remember times I'd ask like where's my mom like I would ask my adoptive mother or right. my, my dad like where's my mom like how come I don't talk to her? And it was always kind of like a beat around the bush conversation. Right. That must um, be hard for them, like to like. You yeah. Know? And I never realized that till I was older, because then after I had my kids, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine like if my kid who wasn't biologically mine were to ask me those questions like I wouldn't even know what to say. Right. You probably just want to safeguard them. You don't know like what's going to hurt them. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, wow. So, yeah, I just felt. I think for the most part, the anger just came from confusion and feeling kind of neglected from my right. mom and abandoned. Um, 
and just very emo- like I was very quiet because I was mm-hmm. very emotional about it. I have a question. When so you went from the foster care? Did you like go from foster care to your um, your parents, your adoptive parents in Toronto? So like yeah, you met them for the first time here? No, they wow. came. Um, so the way adoption work is when you sign the papers, you have to go to wherever that child is um, because your birth certificate will still be registered in Vancouver and stuff like that. So they came there and then we flew back to Toronto and then I moved into Malvern. Wow. Yeah, so I've been in Malvern since like... Shout out to the East End. We tolerate no East End slander out here. So how does your adoptive parents, like are they receptive to you? Like having a relationship with your mom, like your brother doesn't... Um, have a relationship still? Um, no, he chooses not to, yeah. which I understand. Um, yeah. It's it's a really hard thing to, to choose. Um, on top of that, with our biological father also, we ended up not having a relationship with. I right. uh, actually didn't meet him till I was 19. Mm. Yeah. And does he live out in the West Coast? Yeah, he also lives in the okay. West Coast. Um, we met him just didn't turn out you know he just never really changed and it wasn't really a positive relationship so we me my brother just chose to close that door uh for the better though I mean I to be honest I'm happy that I have my mom at the end of the day I feel like that was more important than anything I I mean at the end of the day getting to know both of your biological parents if you're adopted is like it's a blessing like not everyone can say that right I can imagine it almost feels like a dream like yeah. you know I can imagine a lot of kids um, who are in the system who don't know who their biological parents kind of just like you know like yeah. that's a lifelong question if you don't know yeah, who they are you're I sitting there I learned like you don't know yourself unless you know your parents because at the end of the day you're half your mom half your dad and that's kind of why I was always open to getting to know both of them because even right. though it was an open adoption really I could have just said no I don't want anything to do with them, which is... Which a lot of people probably do do. a lot of people do do out of just, you know, resentment. Um, Especially if your parents are drug addicted. I understand, like, I I have friends who have drug addicted parents that weren't adopted. And, like, they don't want anything to do with their parents, you know? Even though they weren't given up uh, for the foster care system. So it's it's really a pride thing that I had to to drop, which was hard. Very yeah. hard. Like forgive, almost forgive her for the yeah, her exactly. Forgiveness choices. was like a huge thing. Um, Do you I think you fully have forgiven her now? Oh, and now yeah. she's sober. Yes, I'm sure. so happy. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy. Even though I know she doesn't feel like I do. I tell her all the time, like, I always give her that reassurance, like, you know, I tell her I love her, like, you're my mom at the end of the day, I would, I would never hold the past against you, you know, even though me and her will always kind of have, like, an awkward, strained relationship, um, I just want her to, to start over with my kids, you know, like, it's, it's kind of hard to fix now, um, with you and your childhood, yeah, but, you know, I, it's like, as long as you're trying to be grandma, like, that's all that matters. Listen to this. I can completely understand. And I think because my dad says the same thing. Um, he wasn't, he got nine kids, so he wasn't necessarily around for, well, my childhood, like, present every single day. Yeah. Um, and to see him now be a grandfather and be, like, a great-grandfather, he always says, he's just like, listen, people can hold me up from my past. People can hold him up and say, you weren't this, this, this. But, yo, for as a grandfather, I can't knock him. So I can't really, like, ask for more. 
you know, like I, I, I think um, in my own way, I've had to like also stop um, trying to like hold on to like, OK, look, my childhood, like why didn't my childhood end up like why didn't I get to experience you in that way? But as long as my son does, like as a grandparent, that's so amazing. Are there any triggering terms or comments that people have made throughout your years or even still make to this day that bother you um, about adoption? I think just growing up, to be honest, uh, when in elementary school, when kids found out that I was adopted, uh, I actually did get bullied for it. Kids uh, are so wicked, man. Was... Now it's like, like what do they say as a kid? Uh, I remember this one kid uh, you say like, oh, your parents didn't want you and stuff like that. You know, as a kid, you would take it very personal because you're just a kid. Like you don't you're just vulnerable of anything that anyone says to you. But yeah, it was just mostly, you know, your parents didn't want you. They gave you up type of thing. That was really the only thing I could say that triggered me as a kid. Right. Um, just because, you know, I, I didn't know the situation the way I know right. it now. Of course, I know now my mom did want me. She just wasn't able to well take care mm -hmm. of me because she couldn't take care of herself. But, you know, growing up, I was so triggered by that because then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, did, you didn't she know. didn't want me, you know? One thing that I want people to realize is that even, like, you, you never know someone's story, mm -hmm. right? But I think, especially when they're in, like, okay, now they're in the school system, you're in high school, you might know what your friends are going through at home, you might not. I can understand, and I've, you know, also experienced other people in my life who parents have put them out at a very young age, yeah. right? Just very stern, and they go through these issues where, with people. It's just like, if my own parents can do that to me, Right. Or if like I can't have like my own solid foundation for my parents, then like yeah. the world's against me. Yeah. They always have a guard up like they don't trust people, you know, me all the way throughout high school. It was that's exactly like how I used to think mm -hmm. uh, in high school growing up, because I actually my adopted parents had uh, kicked me out when I was like 15. Mm, Cassie, you were a troublemaker. Mm, girl, you a troublemaker. Oh, it just, honestly, it was just a lot of misunderstanding towards me. And then again, it's because, you know, um, I think not a lot of people realize, too, is sometimes kids are adopted into a whole different era. Like their parents, their adopted right. parents are not the same age as their real parents. Mm. Uh, for example, my adopted parents are way older mm. than my biological mom. So in terms of like talking about your feelings like out the door we don't talk about our feelings we right. just we just go to school because back home we couldn't cry and talk about our feelings type of thing you know right. like the very traditional school, traditional filipino hispanic culture like mm -hmm. they're just very strict you know and it's like if i tried to talk about how i felt it was just turned down like instantly and that's why i think the anger from my childhood yeah. would just it always stayed with me until I had my kids I never realized how how mentally unstable I was at the time right and did you ever reach out to like did you or were you just closed off like did you ever reach out to help no, no I never did and I wish I did but at the time it was just very hard to yeah. to talk about like I was still healing yeah. from it like pretty much when I got kicked out at such a young age that was a year before I met my, like, after I met my mom. Hmm. So I was still, like, angry. going through it. I was still angry. I was still confused. And I was just, and then, you know, finding out that my mom had drug addiction, I was just, like, you know, I was always compared to her 
after that, like mm. after seeing my mom, you know, my adopted parents really were harder on me when they should have been more gentle with me. Mm. And that was kind of what uh, made such a restraint relationship for so many years with my adopted parents. Right. Was the, just the constant comparison to my biological mother and my dad. That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. Hard. I can only like imagine. So now you got your hands full. You got two kids. Uh, you're going through childhood with them. How has being a mom or has it changed the way that you looked at your childhood and your experiences? Most definitely. It was like an eye opener. Like what well, after I had Zayna, my eldest, um, it, it was just a whole different whirlwind of emotions. And then I remember after I gave birth to her, like the first thing that came to my mind was like, I'm going to make sure I'm there for you 24 seven, mm. you know, like it was just, it was a whole different feeling. And then, you know, as she grew up, became one, two, three, four, it just made me have so much more gratitude mm. towards my childhood. Like, even though it wasn't the prettiest childhood, I still had so much gratitude towards it after having her because I'm like, it could have went so many different ways. Like, yeah. even though I was so young having her, you know, I've, I can't lie. When I was pregnant with her, I thought about adoption. I'm like, can I even do this? Like it, it terrified me. Cause then, you know, I would, I would compare myself to my mom. Like, right. am I even going to be a good mom? Like, you know, like I have such a broken family. Like, should I even raise her in this type of environment? Mm. Like yep. so many things that like ran through my mind, but and then having my son too, it's like, you know, I, I just thought about me and my brother. Like every time I look at my kids, I think of me and my wow. brother. Like yeah, literally. That is me and my brother growing up. And it's like, I would never want to have them separated or even have like the potential of putting them in the foster care system or losing them to the foster care system. And I think that's what always kept me kind of level headed and, you know, stay away from certain people in certain situations just out of the fact of, keeping my kids Children. safe right yeah I think for me too with you know um my anxiety levels that I've had growing up I think having kids really changed that mm -hmm. like you would think you would have more anxiety mm -hmm. from having kids but it actually kept me more grounded from you know just being anxious and having you know negative thoughts and negative thoughts about my childhood it's like now that I see my kids mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god it's a true that's blessing that's so a true blessing it's like crazy how life and not even crazy I think that's just like you like said like everything happens in God's time like in full circle yeah. you went through what you went through and now you being a mom of two like they have brought you that grounding Right. Because, you know, being a mom at a young age, too, and you have two of them, anxiety levels are through the, my anxiety levels are through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they still go like super high. But, you know, it's, it's those moments. Sometimes I step back and I'm like, you know, like, I just want to give them the childhood that I didn't have. I love that. I love that. I love yes, that. I love that. It, you know, it's just like I think about it all the time. And it's just like I look at them and I'm like, I can't believe I went through all of that. At such at a young your age. age, like, and it, I never realized how, like, not normal it is for a child to be thinking those type of thoughts at that age. Like at four and a half, you should just be thinking about playing outside and mm. being a kid, you know. But me, it's just like, it was more. When am I going to see my mom? Where's my mom? What's going on? Why am I here? On top of that, 
I had a language barrier mm. uh, at Zaina's age when I was adopted. I didn't speak English until grade one. What did you speak? Spanish. No way. Yeah, oh, from I, your foster family. Yeah, they, <gasps> they didn't speak English to us. So I only spoke Spanish. So I had oh to take ESL when it came to Toronto. So I just was like, I just remember like being super out of my comfort zone. And yeah. I'm just like, I look at Dan, I'm like, thank goodness you didn't have to go through anything I went through as a child. I have chills. You just have to worry about going to school now and, you know, just having fun with your brother. Like, that's it. Ooh. Okay, so I have a few questions, right? Uh, one is, what do you want people to know about children who are in foster care, um, who have been in adoptive situations? I also want you your perspective on what do you have to say to people who are exploring adoption or being a foster parent? Because even in my own life, I've actually said I would adopt a child. I said 100%. And there's one stigma, and I always have this conversation, is that a lot of people want children to be adopted when they're a baby, and I know a lot of people battle with those feelings like, could you love a child that's not biologically yours? A lot of people will answer, no, I could never. Like, I don't know if I could love them the same as my own kid, but I just love kids, period. There's so many children in the world who need forever homes um, and they'll they'll never get that. Right. So I know there was a comment made and it kind of bothered me a little bit, but I understand. Uh, they said, like, if I have to adopt, I'm adopting from a baby because I want that child to grow up with me. And just for that simple reason of that comment, I will purposely adopt a child who's older, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 10, 11, 12, um, an age where a lot of children will go through the system and then they're too old for people because they want them from young. Right. And a child would have experienced a lot of life without me. But that's the type of age that I would adopt. Um, at. So I just want to know, like, your perspective for people who don't know anything about, you know, because remember, this is not a topic that's spoken about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very I, I believe it's a taboo topic. No one really talks about adoption, foster care, um, group homes. What kind of advice would you give to people who know nothing about this life and who are also thinking about, you know, finding themselves within this world themselves? I think the main thing learning from my experience and you know, if I would want to adopt, because I have considered myself too, um, just because I know how hard it is coming from foster care. Right. Um, I think you just have to go into it with an open mind and an open heart, um, especially if you're going to adopt someone that's a bit older that already, you know, has memory of, mm -hmm. you know, being in foster care and potential trauma, depending, you know, on the home that they were in. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really just being understanding towards them or anything you just have to really be their friend um and be okay with the uncomfortable conversations they might have with you because again like some group homes or foster care homes are really bad yeah uh you know things like rape and and violence and fighting a lot a lot of that stuff happens and i've i've seen it with my own friends that have been in the same situation right um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, adoption is a beautiful thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it's even not even if, you know, you can't have your own kids. I mean, I feel like that's one of the only reasons why people consider it is because mm -hmm. they can't have their own kids. But I think just in, in general, I think, like you said, all kids should have a forever Their home. home. Yeah. Um, it's hard to like foster homes do get really crowded. Uh, there's just, you know, there's always a negative stigma like you said about it like uh could you really love someone that's not your child but mm -hmm. it's just like the innocence of a child is like 
is something you can't push away, you know? And it's like, I've, I've had people who have been adopted from, you know, the same age as me, three, four years old, and, or like my brother pretty much since he was born because he doesn't really have that much memory. Um, and then I have friends who have been adopted from when they were about eight years old. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that child's always going to be grateful for it because living in a foster home is not easy. Like, even though I didn't grow up in one till I was a teenager, um, I, I just, I remember how hard it was having a full house. Right. You know, and just not having privacy, things like mm -hmm. that. Like, that's a lot of things that kids wish they had. Right. You know, or just someone that they can call mom and dad. Right. I think like in my my own personal feeling, like I couldn't even imagine because I grew up, you know, with like biologically my family. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just in terms of like when you want things. Right. It's like it's like your mom. Right. But if it's like people who are foster or, you know, like people who you're not used to. Um, and especially like you said, there's a lot of children who go from foster home to foster home to foster home to foster home. So like just feeling uncomfortable, like I don't go into like my friend's family's house and be like, hey, like, can I have this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> things you might not feel comfortable asking people who aren't actually like your your. Yeah parent who you look at a parent so you don't even call them like mom or dad you're calling them by their first name you probably see some of your foster siblings like in and out the house they leave yeah. you got to see them go yeah and, and very rotational i do remember some kids leaving and then coming back um some of them are not even that much of an age gap for me too and i think one thing that you said that really like breaks my heart is that there are a lot of foster care um people that don't have good intentions. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, you know, like, you, you, you get compensation for some of these things and they go into homes where yeah. they experience abuse. Yeah. You know, people aren't really doing it just because they actually love children. They're doing oh, it because... They don't have genuine care for these kids. And I, and I see it all the time. And I've seen it with a really close friend of mine. Like, you know, she never had a forever home. And, mm -hmm. you know, now that she's a mom, it's, like, changed her life, you know, being a mom. But I, you know, I had to be there for her throughout high school because she was traumatized. Like she moved from so many foster homes, eventually group homes. Right. You know, and it's it's hard. It's not it's not a stable life for those kids. So one thing is for sure, God's timing. Now you're a mama too, and I'm so thankful that your children are going to be able to experience you, and you you're there for them every step of the way. You know, so life is really coming full circle. And I can't wait to, like, explain it to them when they're older, you know, because, like, now my daughter knows, oh, like, I have two grandmas. But, like, she doesn't understand doesn't, why. Yeah, she doesn't understand why yet. But there's, like, beauty in, like, the rawness of, like, people's experience, people's, like, feelings, their pain. Like, it just shows, like, you know, um, how life works. In the, and we focus on the beauty, like uh, as much as you have gone through. And some people might not ever, they'll meet you and they might never know like what your childhood looks like. Yeah. And then you hear like your story and then all of a sudden like me, I'm like, I'm just so compelled. I'm just like, wow. Cause I couldn't imagine now being a mom myself, like just even having to envision my child having to go through that at the same age mm -hmm. is just like, I, I have no words for that. Is there any last desire, anything that's burning on your chest you want to get off your chest about being adopted? Um, I just want to say to anyone out there who has been adopted or is like going through the system right now, um, 
you just really have to find it in your heart to have forgiveness. I think that is probably the hardest thing you're going to have to deal with, but that's what's going to make you at peace inside with your childhood. Um, you know, because without forgiveness towards your family um, or whoever you might have resentment towards because of, you know, your upbringing, um, you're not really living life. And I felt like I wasn't really living life to my fullest potential because I held on to those grudges and those those angry feelings of, you know, feeling abandoned and feeling misunderstood. Um, and, you know, of course, with my mom and her drug addiction, um, you know, even though it took me so long to forgive her and I'm happy that I did, sometimes I wish, like, I wish I went through that healing phase earlier because yeah. then I wouldn't have been so angry when I was younger. Yeah, I think forgiveness is just key to to people who are in, in that situation. You heard it here first, folks. Again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the Park Car Conversation. Thank you for having me being vulnerable <laughs> i'm happy that all of us are going to be able to hear your story yeah, right i really want to be an advocate for it because you know now that i've like healed from my past and i have such a great relationship with my mom it's like i want to inspire others who think it's like impossible because it really Sorry. does feel impossible in the moment like you really think like oh my god is this my life like why is this happening to me right you know and it's just like you know, I know mutual friends that have been in this, you know, situation and I wouldn't feel comfortable having that like face to face talk with them. Right. But hopefully if they see this, yeah, it'll be yeah. a different experience for them. I am inspired. I am inspired. I'm glad that you were able to sit, chat, talk. Hopefully you're inspired. Yes, Let's keep the conversation going. Park Car Conversation, episode number 16. Mm -hmm. Peace. <laughs>